whenever you need sports. Sports conference. Tune in to the nosebleed seats. That was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. Join Zach Wolchuk, Zach Babb, and Eric Giafalo as they take you through the top stories of the week and beyond. I don't know who the hell that is. It's time for the nosebleed seats. There's not much that gets me more fired up. It's about that time for some nosebleed seats. The show everyone can afford to listen to. It is episode number 10. Woo! 10, we've hit the double digit mark. I'm your host, Zach Wolchuk, alongside Eric Giafalo. What's up? And our producer, the great Zach Bob. Woo! How you guys doing? It's been a little bit. It has been a while. Thanks to you working all these overnights. Bab's, Bab's sick today. Bab's sick. You came in with a little bit of a coffee cough. I was coughing. That was for some other reason, though. And then you, how are you doing? You've been working all these night shifts. Dude, you look like hell. Do I? <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm fresh off the lacrosse boat right oh, now. Oh, yeah. You've been just doing it. You've been man, doing everything, I'll man. tell you, it's been busy. This has been a busy week. I had an overnight last night. Uh, I've had two lacrosse games this week. And then I'm working Rangers tomorrow night and Sunday for the game against the Mariners. So, yeah, it's busy. I mean, I got on the payroll, though, with Highland Park Lacrosse. Oh, nice. So I am making a little bit of side cash. Congrats, Big man. Big shout-out to fan of the show and friend of the show. All right, drinks on you. Cal Yeoman. So drinks on me. That's okay. right. Now that you're the big baller. McMala. Do they, uh, do they compensate you well for your talents? Look, for something that I was doing for free. Anything's, anything's better? Solid. Yeah. Are you one of those you don't want to, you don't want to like, uh, I don't think it's appropriate. Is it, it's inappropriate. Okay. It's I don't not, know. I don't know if it's inappropriate it's nothing or not. Like I'm just curious. Something that's going to make you jealous. I mean, it's, it's, it's your average pay, but it's better than nothing. I'm just saying it's, this is just a safe space. You know, so I know it all. is. I know that's it is. all. It's very safe. And I feel safe. I'll tell you what, for the first time walking into these KNTU studios at the campus of the University of North Texas where we record out of, Call, baby. I felt a little bit of nostalgia. Really? Walking back in. I'm going to be honest with you. It's almost been a full semester since I've graduated. You're right. You're and right. I've always thought, like, man, the the number one thing I miss about college and just being on campus is being surrounded by all the beautiful women 24-7, like, every day. Yes. You've mentioned that to me before. I you have. said You told me, you said, do not take it for granted. And I have not taken it for granted, my friend. It's just, even just riding the bus to campus, just walking from class to class in beautiful. the fall, in the winter, the yoga pants, my goodness. Yeah. And now it's springtime. Uh, you know what that means? A lot of tank tops. Lots of tank tops. Lots of shorts. Hotties, man. Hotties with bodies. So walking in tonight, like the smell of the studio, just being back on campus, I had a little bit of a moment like, man, I kind of miss college a little bit. I mean, there's perks to being out for sure. I don't miss tests. I don't miss sitting through lectures. But just being around and walking around campus. Oh, yeah, man. Sometimes can be kind of nice. Just the fragrances. I mean, are you saying it just smells like beautiful women in here in the studio? Yeah. Because I'm going to be honest with you. By the time our show usually ends, it is so musty and disgusting it in is, here. Yeah. Like when we walk out of the doors, it's like a breath of complete fresh air. I don't know what happens. You in here. crack open the door a little bit, and it's just like, oh my god! It's just gosh, a wave yeah. of fresh air. It's I don't know amazing. why it's so hot in here. It's just so much testosterone. I think that's what it is. So much testosterone in here. So it's a Thursday night. We're recording. Usually we record on a Wednesday night. I've now. It seems like I'm being put on the Wednesday night overnight. So I think, depending on schedules and whatnot, we'll definitely pick a night a week to record. But maybe Thursday. We'll see what happens. 
I don't know. It definitely feels like it's been a long time. It though. feels like it has been. I mean, it's been last Monday, and I know it was. It caused some confusion with some of the fans. People were reaching out like, "What the heck?" Yeah, what did what's I miss? Going something? on with the episodes? Yeah, yeah, it's they, weird. They got an update. Like, oh, there's episode number nine. Is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday morning? Well, I can't blame them. They expect consistency, and then we show up and we say we're going to be here Wednesdays for you. So actually, we're really going to be here Thursday morning. You can wake up. You can depend on us. We're the guys you can de- depend on. And then Walchick. Steps in. Sorry, guys. I'm working overnights. What do you want me I'm to do? I'm better than you. I never said that. That never came out of my mouth. Better. But. Sure felt that way. That's not what I meant. Okay? And I'm sorry, guys. Look, I can promise we'll be here every week, once a week. I just can't promise you with the big boy job that it might not be a consistent day. Now, I do have a question. And, Eric, I've brought this up with you. I got a text message today from a friend of mine that I used to study with. And uh, we got through school together. He is graduating in May. I graduated a semester earlier than him. But he got this cat that he does not know what to do with. It's a male. It's a beautiful, cute cat, white with little, like, brown Okay, well, I'm already lost because you said he's got this cat that he doesn't know what to do with. Why do you get a cat if you don't know what you're going to do with the cat? I don't know what the story is behind it. I'm trying to find out more details. Your friend sounds like a schmuck. He's not one that's ever owned a cat before. You studied with this guy? Did you get dumber? I am. I'm already dumber. Look, I'll put it this way. I'm the reason he passed for the most part. Jeez. I pretty much would just, like, refresh my brain of the information while teaching it to him is how the study sessions went. But it worked. I did well on the tests. Well, that's all, all that matters. matters, right? Yeah. But so he's this got guy's this got cat. A and he stranded re- cat? Yeah, and he knows. He reads now. Well, I don't think he was stranded. It's 10 weeks old. It's a kid, and it's cute. It looks healthy. Needs to get its shots, and needs to see it fixed. But it's we free. We have a cat on the field. I am so against this already. I'm thinking about taking the cat, man. You? Yes. Taking the cat that your friend got and then decided he didn't want anymore. He thinks that I'll give it a better home. Now, how did this cat get loose? And I'm thinking, look. I had a kit, a kitten. A kit? Her name was Tabitha. Tabby. Yeah, and she was a Russian blue. That was her breed. Not that I expect you to know. No, sounds annoying. But those at home, if you want to Google, she was a talker. She definitely. She was a talker. She what, was did a you talker. Have a cartoon. Look, people that have owned cats before know there's cats sure. that are quiet, there's cats that are talkers. Yes. This one was a talker. She let you know. She wanted her treats. Anytime I was in the shower, she'd hang out outside the shower, meow her freaking little head off. But she was my ride or die, man. Unconditional love. This cat would follow me around the house. She'd sleep with me every night. She was my friend. I go to Israel over the summer. I come home, and this cat was old. She was probably about 20 years old. She could tell you've changed when you got back, right? No, she was no longer living when I got back. Wow. She passed away while I was in Israel. Oh, no. Wait, yeah. so, and you didn't find out until you got home? I didn't find out until I was waiting at the LaGuardia Airport to board my fl- flight to come back to Dallas. Sounds exotic, honestly. And my mother tells me on the phone. I guess she didn't want me to come home and deal with it then. She would rather have me in a foreign state in a plane, at the airport. In a motion. Yeah, and just drop the bomb on me. Okay, now's not a good time for that, my friend. <laughs> You know, just, cats are pretty malleable. Yeah. So that was sad. And ever since then, I'm not going to lie, I miss her. I miss having that companion. And I've got a dog. His name's Tux, and he's a stud. But he lives at my parents' house because I don't want him at my apartment. He's too big. He's like a half-border collie, half-lab. And he doesn't have a backyard. He needs that. So he stays in my parents' house. He's happy there. But a cat, like, I could have that kitten in my apartment, and, and she'd be fine, or he'd be fine. 
I'm just so fundamentally You're against, against it. it. You just you know that. Why? Well, first of all, I've told you this, man. Why know, would you invite you this thing like into your home? My cat. It's pure. It's sheer inconvenience, and that's the truth. You know what? You're totally right. This is this is your decision. And guess what? Your roommates have to deal with it, not me. You live with three other dudes. Well, and they, they got, love cats, and they get excited about it. Oh gosh. All right. Well, hey, if that's oh, is the that kinda... why you haven't come back over <laughs> since the one time you came? Well, that and other reasons. Oh, what are the other reasons? Well, actually, because whenever the first time I showed up to your apartment, by the time I left, there there was so much falling apart. There was mold. There was flooding. I didn't know what the hell was going on. You talk about the cockroach problem. I'm like, okay, what what is happening? I'm out. That's true. The cockroach problem is a serious issue. The other stuff got fixed. Don't worry about it. It's okay. fine. All right, it's well, not I'm coming issue. back then. I'm coming back. I hope so. Don't get this freaking cat, though, man. That's just... You don't think so? Oh, gosh. You know what? Corey has a cat, too. I have a friend that... My friend Corey, he's got a cat. You guys know Corey? Yeah, love Corey. He just got a cat, but he's also had a little Yorkie dog for the longest time. So, I don't know, dude. If you're Is he happy with stuff, the cat? Um, I mean, I guess so, probably. Sure, but he also gets inconvenienced all the time. And it's just anytime you have a pet, you're inconvenienced. Everybody knows it. That's it. It's true. Bathroom. And the thing that's nasty about cats is their bathroom is like just on some little like rug in your living room or like in your pantry where you just have this little litter sitting around. And he just gets to go do his thing there all the time. And then it just sits there for who knows how long it sits there until you decide to take it down nine flights of stairs since you live at the top. So that so you just have a kitty litter sitting in your pantry for like a week or two. You're working overnight, you're looking like hell. Who knows? Maybe it's a month. It's disgusting. You should be ashamed of yourself. These are all legit reasons, and now you've got me second guessing a little bit. Hey man, I'm just the voice of reason here. We'll see what happens. I might come on air next week and have a cat. I might bring him in studio. That's unbelievable. He's gonna dude. follow me and put him on a leash. Walk that baby. See, a jungle cat would be kind of dope. We don't know. Maybe this cat's got a little bit of lion in him. You said it was a cutesy little winter, winter, winter. He's ten weeks old. He's going to grow. Okay. And I'm thinking about naming him Prescott. Uh, are girls into that? Do you, th- do you guys think oh, yeah. women are into that? Oh, like a guy yeah. with a cat? They think that's... Bearded think men that's... with animals? How do you think I get laid, dude? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Do you? Actually, yeah. I guess... I got I... some cats now. <laughs> I mean, golly, dude. I, I don't know. I don't know how cats... I don't know if girls are into that, man. I mean, I, mean I, I know a lot of girls are into cats, but I don't know if girls are into guys with cats. Give it rat's ass. It ain't going to stop me, baby. Yeah, you can test it. Actually, this will be a good test of waters. I know dogs work. Dogs definitely oh, dogs work. You work. take your little puppy to the park, and you are coming home with phone numbers, my friend. Yeah, the dogs work. But the cat, I don't know. I've you got just, a dog, the cat, Just the guy with the cat is just, it's, it's always the creepy guy with the cat. It's not the Is guy it? with the cat. It's oh, it's that oh, it's the creepy guy with the cat. Yeah, and that's what you become, and that's fine if you want to own that. But you're gonna have to own it. Just own it. I own everything. Okay, good. I own it. I am who I am. By the way, happy Passover to my Jewish friends celebrating, and happy Easter. Yeah, day ahead of Good Friday. Good Friday, which we're actually approaching rapidly. Technically, right now, an hour and nine minutes from now, it is Good Friday, my friend. I think that means we need to get into things. And granted, we recorded them last Monday, right? Yeah, and thank God, by the way, nothing has happened in the world. Like, when you just think about it, nothing nothing has really happened when you look about it, just, like, in general and in sports. Like, you know, Romo retired from the Dallas Cowboys. Wait, oh, what? And then he became uh, a Dallas Maverick. Holy moly, when the hell did this happen? And then, get this, he's going to be a broadcaster for CBS. He Whoa, just, what? Yeah, he's taking Phil Simms' spot. Whoa, who? So, yeah, I mean, not really much happened. Oh, yeah, and there was some guy, he just got, like, his ass kicked, and he got, like, dragged off a commercial airplane. 
that happened in the last week. But you know, what airline? Not much. I think it was United. Oh God. Yeah, something like that. Oh yeah, Mar- Marshawn Lynch. I think Get is going to be pummeled in the friendly skies. I think Marshawn Lynch is going to be going to the Raiders. Not a safe space. Marshawn to the Raiders. So it looks like that happened in the last week. Again, not much. It's I been a slow he was week. Retired. Oh, and by the way, our country's bombed a few other countries, and I think we're heading to war. Oh, we should leave that alone. So, yeah, it's been a pretty slow week. At least we didn't miss much. So Glad to be back. So what the heck, guys? We leave the airways literally 12 hours later. Tony Romo has announced his retirement. Yeah, that was pretty awful, man. As soon as we get done recording, like four hours later, the news breaks that Romo's retiring and he's coming a broadcaster, and I just imagine Walchuk weeping in his sorrows. Well, I think it is fitting a few weeks back, we got the news that Tony Romo was going to be released by the Cowboys. And I gave my farewell to Tony at that point. And I would like to relive that for the listeners because I got a lot of uh, love for that. So, Tony, here's my thank you and my farewell, number nine. I was there that Monday night game on October 23rd, 2006. You were. And at halftime, the Dallas Cowboys were down to the New York football Giants. After Drew Bledsoe threw an interception in the corner of the end zone and a pass that was intended for Terry Glenn. Continue. And Bill Parcells said, you know what? I've seen enough. Oh, yeah. And it's time to put in this underafted rookie free agent from Eastern Illinois named Antonio Romero Romo. Beautiful. And here he came. And you know what happened? He threw an interception. You know what happened after that? Another interception? He came back and he threw a touchdown pass to Terrell Owens. Oh, hell yes. He did. And all of a sudden, we thought, damn. We might have something with this kid. Following week, October 29th, 2006, Sunday night football game, NBC national game at Carolina, Tony Romo told the world his celebrity crush was Jessica Simpson. Big stage. And he went on to win that football game, throwing his first NFL touchdown pass. Well, as a starter, I should say, he threw a touchdown pass, but his first game starting, he threw a touchdown pass to his long best friend, Jason Witten. And it was a good ball. And from there on, it was just... God, these two, 9 to 82, Romo to Witten. Be in my wedding. I'll be in your wedding, bro. I'm there for you, bro. I love you, bro. It's beautiful. And the love affair, the Romo-mentum was on. Everybody was thinking, damn, these days of Chad Hutchison and Quincy Carter and Drew Henson and Ryan Leaf and Randall Cunningham and Clint Sterner. I can't take it. These days are gone. And Anthony Wright, they're done. No more. We found our guy. No more Vinny Testaverde. No more Drew Bledsoe. Bye-bye. No more old veteran quarterbacks. See ya. We've got our young buck of the future. We've got our quarterback of the future. And his name is Tony freaking Romo. And for 10 glorious years, we got to watch Tony Romo keep the Cowboys relevant. Did he get us to the promised land? No. No. But what he did do was give us hope. Hard And no. he gave us Hard no. a foundation at the most important position in sports that we could say every Sunday we have a chance to win. I'm so proud of you right now. And that was because of Tony Romo. Yes, it was. And there are a lot of fans out there that are going to remember the muff snap, Bab. <clears throat> Bastard. There are a lot of fans out there that are going to remember the 2007 divisional playoff game when the Cowboys went 13-3, and got the number one seed in the NFC, hosted the New York Giants, got up 14-7. to That lead evaporated, and they lost 21-17 to because Tony Romo threw the game-losing interception into the end zone in a pass intended for Terry Glenn. No. But it wasn't all his fault. Really? The offensive line stopped blocking in the second half. Patrick Creighton dropped a touchdown pass that would have been a touchdown. And that would have sealed the win. That bastard Creighton. Sure, there were moments throughout Tony Romo's career, like 
the debacle against Philadelphia. The Cowboys lose 44 to 6 with a chance to win the division and get into the playoffs. Or of course. The game in Landover, Maryland at FedEx Field, where he throws three interceptions and they have a chance to win the division, but they can't get it done. Keep going. There's there's times where we look at it and we say, damn, what were you thinking? Like in 2008, where he throws an interception to Deshae Townsend that was returned to the end zone against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, where we have a chance to beat the freaking Steelers. We have Deshaun Choice going crazy. It was cold. We were out physicaling the Steelers. And then what did you do? You threw a touchdown miraculously to Terrell Owens, only to blow the game late in the fourth quarter. But I also remember all the comebacks. I remember the last time we really saw him at his best. Oh, yeah. That 2015 season opener at home against the New York Giants where Tony Romo was the best, best, best version of number nine that we've ever seen. Hang on to that. He brought the Cowboys back from down against New York. Game-winning drive, threw a touchdown pass to Jason Witten, and all of a sudden, that was the pinnacle where I looked at Tony Romo's career and I said, this is a guy... That has always, always, he's been the band-aid. He's had to mask all the the issues that, that surrounded this football team. We've talked about he's never had an elite defense. Never. But yet he always had this team on the cusp. Cusp. And in 2014, the catch that wasn't, oh. but that was. Should have been. Who knows? Best year of his career, MVP caliber season. I'll remember the good times, Tony. I'll remember him spinning away from J.J. Watt and throwing a ball deep down to Terrence Williams. I'll remember that shoulder pump fake. Yes. I will remember the glory days, Tony. Good. And even though you never went to a conference championship, and that might make you the fourth best quarterback in Cowboys history because Danny White went to four. But statistically, buddy, you're number one. Most passing yards, most passing touchdowns. Third most wins all time between Aikman, who has three rings, and Staubach, who has two. It's a team sport, baby, as you know, as Dan knows. We all know. Tony couldn't do it by himself. No, he couldn't. And unfortunately, now, when the team's right for the pickings, and he's got the best nucleus around him, possibly, definitely on the offensive side of the ball that he's ever had. Ever. A man named Dak Prescott emerged. And it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of league. But why? Because, as Tony said, that's how football goes. And Dak's earned the right to be the starting quarterback of this team. Let it out. And Tony's going to go on, and he's going to choose, do I want to play in Houston? Do I want to go to Denver? Do I want to retire and be a broadcaster or be a GM or be an offensive coordinator? Do whatever the things that Tony Romo wants to do, and I guarantee you he'll be freaking successful because that's the kind of individual Tony Romo is. Legend. So while people want to sit here and criticize and blame and look at the bad times like I know Babs got ready. Bleep hole. I want to talk about the good. And Tony, on behalf of Dallas Cowboys Nation, I want to say thank you. Mm. We love you. You'll always be a quarterback. A teammate. And one day you'll get in that ring of honor. And hell, there would have been nothing I would have loved to see more than you lift that Lombardi. It just wasn't meant to be. No. Well, hashtag thank you, Tony, man. And look, I thought it was possible that he would retire. I thought it was the right thing for him to do. I didn't think he should go and start anew with a new organization, with a new team, have to deal with all that, the health issues. Heck, the guy's got another baby due in August right around training camp. I bet you never thought the last time you'd see him in a professional uniform, it'd be in a freaking Mavericks uniform. 
No. Did and you I, guess that there, Gypsy? No, but I thought it was cool. It was fun. I no, think I love it. That's why you love sports, right? And the jerk-off in Houston, Bab, Whoa. that wanted to write an article about how it's a mockery of the sport and he's taking away from a D-leaguer to possibly get a roster spot. Apparently Adam Silver felt the same. I don't care. Because he shot down, according to Mark Cuban, he shot down the idea of Tony actually playing in the game. It's a bunch of baloney. I can understand that a little bit. Dude, it was a meaningless game. Two teams that were not making the playoffs in a game that the Mavericks lost by 13, I think. It's just because then where do you draw the line? Everybody oh. wants to do it. Everybody wants to send their little puppet out and whatever, whatever. Who's everybody? I mean, it's just that's the way it's going to go. Everybody is everybody. It's, it's all other teams in the league. Anytime they have somebody go for it that have somebody who wants to retire, they want to send their mascot out there. They want to send this guy Brooklyn. The Nets want to send Jay Z out there. Uh, you know who, who? Who the hell knows? Derek Jeter's gonna go out and play for the Knicks. It's just, I mean, come on, man. If you it's can't a be meaningless that. game, I personally don't care. Have some fun with it. And that was a game for the Mavericks that would have been probably about empty in the AAC. Instead, it was a sellout. And they were able to make a ton of money. It was a great marketing move by Mark Cuban and a very cool thing for Tony Romo to get his farewell, to get his love you, Tony, bye-bye, standing ovation. It was cool, man. I thought it was fun. Yes, it was fun. It was tons of fun. I loved it. I would love to to see more of these kinds of things. Exactly. But getting them in the game, as much as I would love to see that, I would pull for it and I would be rah-rah for it. I can understand why the NBA is like, well, man, then where do we draw the yeah, line? Yeah, I can get Because then that. the next guy wants to give me a call and say the same thing. He wants to get his guy in. He wants to get this person in. It's like, all right, then, then we're just making a mockery of our league at some point. We got a bunch of clowns coming. At any point, anybody can just decide they want to come play in the NBA and we'll let you come play for a day. I mean, come on, man. You can't make a mockery of your damn sport. As sure. fun as it is, as fun as fun as it is, and as fun as I would have loved in to the have final Romo minute play of tonight. a meaningless game, would it have been that big of a freaking deal to put Tony Romo no, in there? No, no. If you just look at it in a box and you look at it in that little nutshell, uh, with no perspective, absolutely, it'd be beautiful. But where do you draw the line, Walter? Where that's do you where draw the, the line's line? drawn. You put him in for the final minute of a game that's meaningless. I mean, obviously, look, if there's a situation where these teams are trying to make the playoffs and there's something at stake, it wouldn't have been done. But this wasn't one of those situations, my brother. Yeah, but who's to say? I am. Oh, you're right. I'm to say. All right, fair enough. And well, I'm making the case rules. Closed. I'm the captain now. Case closed. I thought that it was not a big deal. I thought it was cool. Look, I don't care that he didn't play. It would have been fun to see. But just overall, having him on the sidelines and pregame warm-ups. Yeah, it was awesome. Him speaking, I thought, was hilarious. He's like, we're going to wait the make the Nuggets wait another 10 minutes. This is a little embarrassing. I mean, the way that Tony's handled it all, he came on Ben and Skin, his first interview. Him and Ben Rogers have a really cool relationship. Everything that Tony's done, I think it's cool. And people on na the national scale want to look at it and say, well, Tony never won a Super Bowl. What has Tony done to deserve all of these accolades? Look, he was the quarterback of the Cowboys for 10 years. They were in quarterback turmoil before he took over and battling 5-11 and 11 after 5-11 and 11 after 5-11 and 11 seasons. And what he did, like I said in my little soliloquy, He was able to give him 8-8, 8-8, 8-8. 11-5, 12-4. Hey, listen, you know he I'm had busting some good your chops. You know baby. I'm busting your chops. I'm and a yes, Romo fan. The reason that they even won eight games was because of Tony. They, he had some teams that were not good yes. that he had on the brink of making the playoffs. Yeah, but and it was because he was that good. And people that actually watched the Cowboys on a week-in and week-out basis 
understand that, and that's why he's getting so much love from people locally here in Dallas. Yes. And the people outside that don't know that because they're uneducated, that's why they're saying, oh, head-scratching, this is weird. I'm letting you know. I'm educating you. That's why. This dude gave the team hope and made them competitive when they probably shouldn't have been. Hey, man, I am fully on board. I think the national perspective, when you look at it, though, is when you see some things like this, most of the time you see this for guys who did bring championships to whatever organization they came or they played for. So that's just that from the national perspective. And it's easy to pick on. Romo's kind of a goofy, quirky guy. You can make fun of it a little bit. So some people and the Cowboys are just, they're polarizing, man. People love to hate on it. So that's what's going to happen. A lot but of haters. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I think everybody enjoyed it. There, were, I mean, there were some people that, that were complaining about it. Like the you mentioned. The fun soul suckers yeah, of exactly. the world. Yeah, exactly. And I Houston bastards. Someone should have got punched in the ear. But it was cool. Now, I am curious to see how he's going to do as a broadcaster. I think it's funny. Yeah, how that do he, you think he's going to do I it? think it's funny that he just boots out Phil Sims, kind of the same way Dak just slid in and kicked his rear end right out of the starting quarterback job. He just slides right in and does the same thing. I just wish Phil Sims would have given us a little, uh, you know, meet the press, kind of like Romo did. You know, just give up the spot, say, hey, listen, man, it's not a meritocracy, this, that. Well, did you see Chris Sims, his kid? <laughs> yeah, he did step out and kind of defend him. Yeah. Which you can't blame him. I mean, listen, if you're Phil Sims... I mean, listen, I couldn't be – I'm I'm probably at the top of the list of people who couldn't be happier that I don't have to feel, hear Phil Simms' voice any longer on Sundays. See, I thought Phil Simms lost his ability to really add to the broadcast, but I've always – I've grown up, I guess, listening to Phil Simms, and I do think he's got a good voice. No, yeah, he's got a good voice, and he's a great guy and all of that, but – He's not he's not good at that job any longer. I agree. I think and he hasn't been time. for a while. And people and and people have known that for a while. But I do feel bad for him because a guy who's never done it a day in his life is just sliding in and just on a off on a whim kicking you right out of your spot. It makes sense though for CBS, right? This is now Tony Romo's in the booth with Jim Nance and first of all Jim Nance is going to make your job a lot easier. And Tony's got two games a week, a Thursday night and a Sunday to help himself get into the groove of things and learn. He's fresh off the field. So a lot of these teams that he's going to have to prep for, he's probably been prepping for recently within the last year or so. I think he's got an advantage going into it because he's really, really intelligent. I think this guy could be a coach if he wanted to. He knows the game, ins and outs. I think he's going to add a ton in terms of educating the fans in a broadcast. My question is, does Tony really have a good voice? Um, no. You know? Yeah, he doesn't have a great voice, but I don't think the voice overly matters for that one. I think the voice matters a little bit more for the play-by-play guy, and I think the voice matters a little bit more, just for my opinion, for a radio guy. Uh, but the color guy, I don't think it really matters. I mean, does John, does 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 Chris Collinsworth? I mean, you could say he's got kind of an annoying voice. Some people may think. I mean, it's it's all subjective, voice-wise. Just you know, it's but it's Collinsworth when he's talking. Is, the thing about Romo is he's just lacks energy all the time. So that's what he's going to need to bring a little bit more of because he's just anytime you hear Romo at the mic, even even like you mentioned when he talked before the Mavericks game and he was saying thank you to the fans, all this stuff. It's kind of you know it's kind of awkward, shy, and I really can't wait to get the microphone out of my hands and pass it along to somebody else. So that seems that just seems the way he's been. With the media and when you get a mic in front of him, really his whole career. So it's going to be interesting to see that transition for him. Can he bring a little bit of personality to to the broadcast, a little bit of energy? I know he's going to have the insight. I know that he's going to have the intelligence, and I know he's going to make us all smarter. 
But is he going to bring a little bit of energy, a little bit of flair to it? I don't know. We'll see. I think he'll have the personality. I think he's got a really good sense of humor. But I agree with what you're saying in terms of the energy. I think that that could be an issue, too. But we'll see. Look, he's going to be picked apart. and But the ratings are going to skyrocket for CBS. Everyone's going to tune in. I'm a big red zone guy. I might bypass the red zone just to see Tony Romo calling a game. Well, I am really interested in hearing it. It's going to be a ton of fun. But at the same time, I don't know if it really changes ratings. It changes ratings. The NFL, you're watching the game. I don't care. Phil Sims was calling the game. I didn't want to hear him. But I still yeah, watch the freaking game. But I mean, everybody's it's, it's watching gonna, the game It's going to give them a little bit of a boost. It's going to give them a little tip. People are definitely going to be paying more attention People to People want to hear it, no Romo question. doing his thing. Yes. And it it's going to be a lot adds, of fun. Yeah, it, it adds reason to tune in. No Honestly, doubt about it. Honestly, if Romo needs a little help um, getting a little tips from a from a color guy, why didn't he call you, Walchick? Look, my phone is always open, Tony, and I've always got a special place in my heart for you. One day you'll be in the Ring of Honor. I don't think you're a Hall of Famer because you didn't get the ring, but I would love to give you any help, but I think you've probably got people in higher places that can help you with that. Mr. Troy Aikman, for instance. Yeah, but he's at the Rival Network, baby. He is, but I don't think that that matters. Cowboys for life? Is that something? Is that just a family? Is that what it is? It's got to be, man. It's got to be. Now, my interesting tidbit from this Romo thing is like, Bab, I know Houston, you're probably hoping maybe you got a shot at Romo. When this news came out, all of a sudden, were you like, oh, crushed, soul crushed? Yeah, it was kind of a... Uh, butthurt a little? Not really butthurt. It was just, oh, great. There's our best chance to fix this four-year problem we've had. Yeah, I gotcha. And it ends up in a chair in CBS. So... Come on, man. You got to believe in Savage. Now, Savage is good, but he's not a... He's not that good. Sucks. I'm busting your chops, man. Yeah, I know. You don't believe in Savage. How does this impact the rest of the league, though, in terms of teams like Denver and Houston? Uh, you know, the thing is, is they've been they've been talking about the whole time where, you know, we don't even really care about Romo. So I think they're just going along with their plan. They both have young quarterbacks that they've seemed to be fine with, especially in Denver. You look at Paxton Lynch. They just drafted him in the first round. They probably feel pretty good about him moving forward. Simeon's not terrible. And then Texans, same thing. We, we laugh at Savage. He's not god-awful. He's serviceable. So, I mean, it, I think it sucks more for the Texans because I think they would have been the team that really wanted to make a move for him more than Denver. But generally speaking, I think each team had their plan A already, and they're just moving forward that way because they knew this could happen, right? I mean, it, there was a lot of back and forth as of late of what's going to happen, how long is it going to take, and we just find out now. Romo's retiring. He's going broadcasting. Okay. Teams say, all right, well, we're going to keep our young guys. Plan A, stay the course. Yeah, for the most part, I, I agree with that. You think Tony made the right decision? Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Listen, anytime you, he's he's in the number one broadcast spot, really, that's the, that's the top job you can have in, in broadcasting. The color guy for any one of these top number one networks like that, that's incredible. And he slides into the number one chair. He's going to make a boo-hoo ton of money oh dude. and he's gonna have a lot big more time. time on his hands big time uh, and and health wise he doesn't have to worry about getting smacked around anymore i think michael lombardi came out somebody i heard this from somewhere the deal that he's getting with cbs is so lucrative that it is greater than or equal to any deal he would have gotten from an nfl team to still play like, it's a big freaking contract. That's insane. I mean, I know it's definitely making millions a year. So, I mean, at that point, what does it even matter? And he doesn't have to get hit anymore. And he's going to call one, maybe two games a week for 16 weeks. And that's it. And then he gets to enjoy his family, his kids. 
I mean, that's that's a total victory for Romo. He's living the absolute dream. He is. He's living the dream, and I know that all Cowboy fans are eyeing that Thanksgiving Day game. We don't know the schedule. Not sure who it will be. I'm sure it will be against an AFC opponent, but they have kind of been doing this thing where they keep it inside the NFC. But the Cowboys will be slated on that afternoon CBS spot this year, so it will be Nance and Romo on the call. That will be fun. Some other NFL news, though. A story that really caught my eye, and I don't know, you can't ever believe we're like two weeks from tonight is the first round of the NFL draft, and there's a bunch of smoke screens out there. You don't know what's true, what's not true. I read a report that the Cleveland Browns right now are torn on who to use the number one pick on, and the two options are Miles Garrett, which seems like an easy slam dunk home run, or Mitchell Trubisky, or Mitch Trubisky, as he wants to be called. No, the no, quarterback no. from North Carolina. No, he went by Mitch his whole college career. They want to call so him now Mitchell he wants to now. Mitchell. Sounds a little more sophisticated. Oh, whatever, dude. Listen, Mitch is a terrible name, so I don't blame him for wanting to change it, but that's a nightmare scenario. And your last name's Trubisky. I mean, that is a terrible, that's a nightmare scenario. Your name is Mitch Trubisky. Why is that so bad? That's just one of those names that, you know, when you can just laugh at some of, the, some of these people's names, you know, Fred Schmuck, whatever the guy's name is. What do you say is. about Zach Wolchuk? Oh, we laugh at it, obviously. Dick. No, there's just some of those names that just roll off the tongue funny. And Mitch Trubisky, he just sounds like he's he's some schmuck. Who am I gonna go sit with? Steven Glansberg? Yeah, it's like Steven Glansberg. You sound like a you sound like a <laughs> You sound like an idiot. Mitch Trubisky sounds the same way. Yeah. And you want him to be your starting quarterback? No, you don't. That's such Cleveland a Cleveland does. that's yeah, such a, a Cleveland, Cleveland thing to do. Yeah. Why the, first off, I don't they have a pick at twelve. I think that they could wait and take him there if they really wanted I him. I feel like, yes, I feel the same way. None of the quarterbacks in this draft are good, in my opinion. You've got a couple of guys that have upside if they get it put in the right system, like maybe a Pat Mahomes, maybe Deshaun Watson. Well, I think I think what you're seeing now is Trubisky's kind of moved to the top of most people. They think he's kind of the most ready of the quarterbacks, even though he's only started for one season. So it lets you know that none of these guys are really ready. None but of them are ready. Yeah. None of, yeah. But he's kind of the, so he's the number one quarterback right now. And he seems to be like the, the first quarterback that's going to come off the board. So it, it makes sense in that, and that's in that, from that standpoint, if you're the, if you're the Browns, yeah, you want to take Trubisky at 12 perhaps, but if I'm the Browns, I don't mess with any of these quarterbacks in the first round. Miles Garrett, the freaking extraterrestrial. Yeah. I'm going to take him number one, and then I'm going to follow down at number 12 and maybe cross my fingers and O.J. Howard tight oh, end. that'd be nice. Out of, out, out of Alabama's Just there. Just take two good football players, man. Don't yeah. worry about this quarterback deal. You can pick one at 33. And the thing about this draft is there are a lot of good football players, and there's not a lot of good quarterbacks. So, you know, there's, there's actually, not a lot of really good quarterbacks. Good quarterbacks. It's a bad quarterback class, in my opinion. The only guy that I think is even first-round worthy, and a lot of people might disagree with me, is Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson's a winner. He's got that it factor. Sure, Pat Mahomes can sling it around the parking lot. He's got a great arm. I don't know about Pat Mahomes. Mitch Trubisky, yeah, he had a pretty decent year in North Carolina. He's got some of the tools that you like. He's not ready to play. I'm not spending a first-round pick on him. Same thing with Deshaun Kaiser. Sure, he can throw the ball. He's fast. He's big. He's what you want. I don't know that I believe in any of these guys. They don't get me chub. They don't get me to work. No. They don't get me ready, excited. Nowhere and close. And next year could be a much better class. I wouldn't take a quarterback in the first round, but I do think that you'll probably see two, if not three, quarterbacks go round one because they get elevated up the board. I think Arizona could be a sweet spot. Houston, 
Kansas City at the back end of the first round. Yeah, you see that happens with quarterbacks. They get pushed up. You see it with EJ Manuel. You see it with Geno Smith. Bad quarterback years, they're going to get pushed Christian up. Christian Ponder. Yeah, Christian Ponder, same deal. So, uh, yeah, it could easily happen. But for the Browns to even consider one of these quarterbacks at number one, I think joke. is idiotic. Totally I think, I think it is, is pretty, pretty idiotic. When you can go get a stud for a decade pass rusher in Miles Garrett, and then at 12 you can go get another stud player, whoever that is, whether that's a – uh, fantastic safety. Either way, you can get two 10-year starters out of that first pick and that 12th pick. And then, like you mentioned, the first pick of the second round, Cleveland Browns. Then if you want to draft a quarterback to develop, totally understand. Whichever one's your favorite there, take them. And I promise you there will be a guy there, whether it's one of the guys we've already mentioned or a Davis Webb or somebody else that really is not a big drop-off from any of the other guys we talked about. They're all kind of lumped together. And I just don't want to spend a first round, unless you just really think this guy could be good and you want that fifth year of control that you get from taking a guy with the first overall, with the first round pick as opposed to second and later. But dude, man, nah, I wouldn't do it. I agree with you completely. I think OJ Howard, Miles Gear would be a wham bam. Thank you, ma'am. Two first round picks. You've got two guys that are going to be very productive. It'd be incredible. Yeah. It'd be incredible for them. That Home would be runs. a win for the Browns, but they will probably find a way to screw it up. And I look forward to seeing it happen, honestly. Who do you have rated as your number one quarterback in the draft? Um, I think I I think I would go Trubisky. I would go number one. Um, and then number two, I would probably go Kaiser just because really? I think uh just because he's He's got the big body. He's got the arm. No I think Deshaun if Watson love, huh? I don't have a lot of love for Deshaun Watson. I think he's the best, man. I do. Uh, totally get it. I don't have a ton of love for him. Uh, what's the other one here? Mahomes. I don't have a ton of love. I mean, he's got he's got the strong arm, but that's pretty much it. I mean, he can make some pretty incredible throws yeah. at e- with ease. Uh, but at the same time, I've seen him run into like a thousand sacks when he didn't need to. And that makes me want to throw up. I can't stand that. When I watch a quarterback and you run into sacks, they'll have a three-man rush and Mahomes will sit there and he'll buy time, buy time, buy time. And he's got all the time in the world and he runs into the sack. So I don't want you. Yeah, I'm not really too in love with any of these guys. But, but I'm, yeah, I'm not in love like with any of them. I like the fact that Watson's a winner. So I'll take that trait above. Okay, so that's Jameis Winston. And Winston's been pretty good. Winston's been pretty decent, but Mariota's been better. How would you compare this? That's tough. I like Mariota a lot. I like both those quarterbacks. How would you compare this quarterback draft class to 2013's, where a quarterback was not taken until the 16th overall pick? Do you think it? Who do you the, think it goes that long? Who the quarterbacks were? In I think that was EJ Manuel. EJ Manuel, yeah, by the Bills, 16th overall. Oh, These guys are better than EJ Manuel, but it's easy in hindsight to say. I, I don't remember what I had on EJ Manuel going back to that. To that point, the bottom line is it was a he, bad quarterback draft. It was and it's a bad quarterback yes. draft this year. So, so I don't think you're getting a, no. your guy. You're out throwing of this class. a bunch of crap in the air and hoping one of them comes out as Dak Prescott. Yeah, and the closest one that I see to Dak is Deshaun Watson. That's the only reason I keep harping on that. But I don't know that even I, I can't say with confidence any of these guys are going to be that good. All right, well let's turn your attention then. Let's turn your attention to the Cowboys. Okay. I mean, because we are literally. Less at this point. We are less than two weeks away from the first round of the NFL draft. Okay? As you can see, Dude, I am oh, sprouting. Exciting. I know. I'm, I'm literally Saturday sprouting my chub right now. You're, uh, you're working I'm Saturday. Work this Saturday? The final day of draft coverage. I'm going to oh, be okay. at the back at the studio just running support. Nice. It'll just be kind of cool to be part of the process. Oh, it'll be beautiful. Yeah. 
I want you to periscope it the whole time. I will. I'll snap you. Please. Hell, dude, maybe you can even come in with me. We'll see. Yes. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yes, 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 Just, yes. Just for memory's sake, do you want me to list off the top five quarterbacks taken yeah, in please. that 2013 draft? EJ Manuel. Garbage. Second round, Geno Smith. Ass. Oh, God. Then you have to go down to the third round, Mike Glennon. Um, he just got a chance. He's done nothing, but he just got paid huge by Chicago. So to Tampa that's Bay. Then fourth round, Matt Barkley. Ass. And then that's why you come out flat. You don't ass. stay in Not school hot a year. Matt Barkley would have been the number one pick had he to come out the year before. Yep. And then, ooh, tell me if you even recognize this name, Ryan Nasib. Oh yeah, Ryan Nasib. Yeah, garbage. Yep. Garbage. And the only reason why he was even considered is because his coach, I'm pretty sure his coach from Doug Syracuse Marone. ended up, yeah, Marone ended up going, yeah, he, Doug Marone, worst coach in football. I'm so glad Jacksonville signed him. That's the dumbest move. I cannot wait for Jacksonville. Mark my words, in less than two seasons, Doug Marone is canned. Okay. Take it now. Doug Marone is is, is awful. Okay, so back to the Cowboys. So are you going to ask like who I want at yeah, 28? I'm, just in, I'm interested in who, who you're interested in. I have a couple guys I think would be good fits. Uh, but I, I, I didn't know if you had a couple guys you were, uh, you know, kind of leaning towards. You and I have already talked about. We, any, we both love Hassan Reddick. Okay, obviously. I love Hassan Reddick. He's not going to be there. I don't think he's going to be there. I don't even think he's going to be there at 22 for Miami. Realistically, the guys that could potentially be there at 28. I'll tell you, I don't like Charles Harris. I don't either. Oh, not totally a fan. With you. Well, he's a 3-4 guy, first of all. So you guys aren't a 3-4 no. and get him out, get him out of my face. I, he cannot I like, set an edge. I like Tack McKinley a lot. Yeah, coming off an injury, With the though. shoulder, well, that's a typical Cowboys thing. They, yeah. They like injured guys. Hopefully, I mean, honestly. Maybe he's there, maybe he's not. If he is, I'd, I'd be interested. Oh, I think if he's going to be ready for the season, they probably won't draft him. But if he's going to be ready in like two years, I think he's definitely got the Cowboys, got written, the Cowboys all written all over him. Oh, yeah. Uh, secondary, we need, some, we need some help. I say we, like I'm a member of the team. But the Cowboys need help. And there's a lot of good corners in this draft. And there's a lot of corners that are falling. I have seen and read... And I know they brought him in for a visit. The Cowboys are very intrigued by Adoree Jackson from USC. Eh. I don't know. I'm a little iffy on him, too. But I do think he's got some upside. He's got some playmaking ability. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm a little worried. He hasn't spent a lot of time with the position. I'm not. I prefer Quincy Wilson over Tease Tabor between both of those Florida guys. Tease Tabor's kind of falling a little bit. Yeah, because he ran like a 4-7. Ran a slow time. I, can't, I, I cannot think of a good corner in NFL history. That ran that kind of time. Honestly, at the end of the day, if I could handpick a guy and I think he's going to be there potentially at 28, it's TJ Watt. I am. It's wow. TJ Watt. That's who wow. I want. Wow. That's who I want. I'm, I can't believe you said that because that's kind of the guy that I've been like, you know, this is starting to make some sense. Because when, when I yeah. look at Dallas and I look at the fact, obviously, you need defense. You said in the secondary, but definitely pass rusher. Hell, you could even say linebacker. Because at this oh, point, yeah. the only dependable linebacker Zach you Cunningham have from Vanderbilt is an underrated name in this draft. That dude can play. You're right. I wouldn't. Th that would not be a bad pick. I don't think the Cowboys will lean that way. But like we've talked about, there's so much depth at corner. I think you could still get a pretty good corner in the second round. I don't think the Cowboys like Buda Baker at all. He's too small. I don't think ultimately that Jabril Peppers is a good fit. They're not creative. They wouldn't use him well. Dude, I've watched Jabril Preppers some more because people keep talking about him and talking about him. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to figure out what we see in him, and he, I don't see anything. Anytime I see him at linebacker, he's getting washed out. He's way too small. He is. He. he I know we talked about a while back. Maybe a team wants to play him at linebacker. No, they don't. No, he's a strong no, safety. No, they do not. He's okay? a strong safety. And and yeah, he's a strong safety who I, I don't even think tackles overly well, and I don't think he covers overly well. Apparently, the Steelers love him. 
Good for them. Rest in peace, Mr. Rooney, by the way. He passed away today. He's definitely no Troy Polamalu. I can promise you that. You never know, but I agree. Ultimately, I don't think he's good. But T.J. Watt's my guy. I think T.J. Watt is just scratching the surface of his potential. He hasn't been playing defense very long. He's got the bloodlines. He's a high-motor, good-character guy. I like you know his what that means. from Wisconsin. He's a Jason Garrett kind of player. High-motor, good character, all that uh, intangible stuff. He must be white. Lunch pail guy. Yeah, hard hat. But I like T.J. Watt. That's who I would like at 28 for the Cowboys. I can literally seeing him put his nose to the grindstone when I watch the game film of him pass rushing. Like, as he's pass rushing, I can see his nose go to the grindstone. It's unbelievable. He's just that kind of guy. Now, I will say, and there's no way he gets there at 28, but one of my favorite players in terms of pass rushers is Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett, baby. I, I, I would love, love to have Derek him. Derek Barnett. I would love to have him fall at 22 for the Dolphins. I There's think he's going to no end up way. going top 10. I think uh, he's served. People are realizing, damn, he turned the tape on. This is a special player. The fact they didn't test that great, who cares? This dude can just play. I think Baltimore at like 15 or 16 would be a good fit for him. Uh, I've seen some mocks where he's going to Cincinnati at 9. Other mocks where he's going, who, who has eight? Who has the pick number eight? I have no idea. But I've seen him going in the top 10. I don't think he's going to make it past 16, to be honest. Yeah, I'm a fan of Derek Barnett. Like you mentioned, he's not the most athletic guy, but when you turn on the tape, he is just, he's good at everything. He's got good pass rush moves. He's consistent that way. He does, he he is, uh, he does work hard. He's one Carolina of those guys. Carolina eight overall. Yes, okay. Okay, Thank Carolina you. has the I've eighth seen Carolina overall pick. Mock I think Carolina should take one of the running backs, man. I think that would be a big difference maker for them to get a legit force, whether it's Fournette or Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey. I read a report they like him a lot. I like McCaffrey a lot, Yeah, I man. like McCaffrey. I would have no bones, no issues with McCaffrey going top 10. He's a versatile player, can do a lot for you. He is, He's he's a stud. Every time every time I've seen him play, it's like, dude, the, the guy can run. He's, he's patient, but he's got incredible vision. He's got great uh, lateral movement, his burst, his stop and go, making people miss. I mean, he's made so many people look stupid. It's incredible. And he can catch the ball well out of the backfield. He needs to get better blocking, but he's willing. You know what I'm saying? And like you mentioned, he can do the return game stuff, so he's versatile that way. McCaffrey is an absolute stud. I, he, he might be my number one running back, even though Joe Mixon's probably got that spot. I've still got Fournette there. I think people are overthinking the whole Fournette deal. The dude is a freaking savage. Yeah. He's a stud. There's, I mean, there's a lot of good running backs. I don't think you're really going wrong with no. any of them. I, literally, gotta... I really believe you could see three running backs go in the top 10 this year. I think you've got Jacksonville at four could take one. I think the Jets at six could take one. And I think Carolina at eight could take one. Other than that, Philadelphia at 14 could be a home. Indianapolis at 15 could be a home. You could see a lot of running backs go. And we mentioned Joe Mixon, and I've seen a, a recent mock on NFL Network. It might have been uh, Bucky Brooks. Who I actually like as a scout. I think Bucky Brooks has some good opinions. He put Joe Mixon to Green Bay at 29. Oh, my goodness. That offense would be deadly with Joe Mixon in the backfield, man. That would be pretty That would be pretty nice. They just also got Michael Bennett, the tight end from New England. so uh, Or Martellus Bennett, I guess, is his name. Yes. So, yeah, that would be nice for them. I, I actually did see something where someone made a comment where basically when, the, in, when they're talking about Joe Mixon, they say, you know, People, teams are talking about how, or everybody's talking about how no one wants to draft him in the first round. They want to wait till later. But either way, the guy was saying that the PR hit is going to be the same. Whether you draft him in the first round or you draft him in the fifth round, either way, as soon as it happens, it's going to be like Michael Sam when he got drafted. 
it's going to be attention galore and everyone it's going to be it's going to be a pr hit right there and you're going to have to get out and you're going to have to talk about it and you know what as soon as he starts scoring touchdowns it's going to fade away and no one's going to freaking care so the bottom line is if you like him enough to take him in the third round Take him in the first round. You like him enough to take him in the first round. I think Green round. Bay would be a perfect fit for him. It's a town that loves their football. It's a small market, essentially. I think that they would get behind Joe Mixon, and it'd be a good place to be All for right, him. But, but for Dallas, you're T.J. Watt? I'm a T.J. Watt guy. I think Dream scenario? Yeah, realistically, guys, they Realistic, can be 28 yeah. being real. Dream scenario, I'd like Derek Barnett. That's sure, not going to happen. Well, no, dream scenario, you like Miles Garrett, and oh, you want to yeah, trade for Tom Brady. Or Jamal Adams or Malik Hooker. Oh, yeah. my God freaking god i'd love to have one of those guys in the yeah secondary. they're incredible uh, hooker oh. hooker to me and adams both of them are unbelievable but hooker kind of personally i'd like adams a little more i think he's compliment byron jones i think malik hooker is the center fielder and that's what they want byron jones to do okay but yeah, yeah you well, can't go wrong those are two guys that at number two if san francisco wants to take either of those guys i would say great freaking pick dude yeah i would not be mad at them for doing that adams and hooker are both should be both top 10 picks for and me. And I do like Solomon Thomas. I think there's upside there, too, but I think he's going in the top 10. See, to me, he's a little bit overrated. I, I mean, I like him, but I don't he's love him. He's got a him. lot of good versatility. I feel the same way about Jonathan Allen. I think Jonathan Allen's a good player, but I think he was surrounded by so many great players at Alabama. It might have made him look a little better than he is. I think in a 4-3 system, he's a 3-tech, play him inside a D-tackle or a 3-4 end. He'd be a good pick for Chicago at 3. So would Solomon Thomas. Just a big body a guy that can be a 3-4 and play that 5-tech. I like those guys. Yeah, I'm with you. But uh, to me, for uh, for for Solomon, he, as a 4-3 defensive end, he, he's not he's not pass rushing-wise what you want. So on first and second down, maybe you have him there. And then on third down, I've seen him get, I've seen him get blown up and washed down the line of scrimmage big time when you, when you kick him inside. So I just yeah. don't really know. I don't really know what you do with him. I think he's a There's little bit overrated. There. Yeah, I think he's my, a little overrated. I just but see potential. He's going to go top 15 for sure. Yeah. That's okay, but TJ Watt, I'm glad, I'm glad you feel the same way because TJ Watt's the guy that I think Dallas can get the most out of because I think they can use him at linebacker on first and second down, kind of as their Sam linebacker. And then I think on third down, he can pass rush for you. He can do multiple things. He can blitz. He can do a lot of that. But I think Dallas has – they need pass rushing. They have defensive ends that can – that are the big body kind of edge setters, run stuffers, but they need the pass rush. And I think Watt, like you said, he's just scratched the surface on what he can do because he was an offensive player for a long time. So, but you can see he has unbelievable hands. His pass rushing, his hand moves are already pretty remarkable. I would just play him at defensive end, man. Screw the whole linebacker deal. No, see, he can do it for you. No, that's I would play him at me. defensive end. No, I don't think he's. I think okay. I think if you want to play him on first and second down, you want to play him near the line of scrimmage. Then I think you want to be a four-three team. I think that's what you're talking about. We are about. a four-three team. I mean, excuse me, a three-four three, team. Three-four. I don't think I don't think you want him on yeah. first down being your four-three. I think defensive he can do end. it, man. I think he can line up with his hand in the ground. And he's get like two hundred. I don't know. He's like two hundred and forty-five pounds or uh, fifty pounds or something. I, Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, the list goes on of yeah, undersized and, and defensive they don't stop ends the run. that had success. Yeah, no, they I had success. But right those now, I do not, not give a rat's ass about stopping the run. It's a passing league. I want to get after the damn quarterback. The Cowboys have a lot of big bodies. Tyron Crawford, Malik Collins, Cedric Thornton, guys that can get after and stop the run. They don't have anyone to get to the quarterback. T.J. Watt can be that guy. Yes, and on third down, that's what I want him to do. But on first down, I don't think so. He could be a—I mean, he's he played linebacker and was pretty darn good at Wisconsin. They can do that if they want to. For me, I'm not being cute. I'm letting him just go get it. Go eat. Fair enough. What about the Dolphins at 22? Who do you want? Dolphins at 22, we mentioned Derek Barnett. I like him a lot. I love but, Forrest Lamp. But I think yeah, that would be a Forrest perfect Lamp, fit. Forrest Lamp is 
ideally and i think i tweeted this out the other day in the first round force lamp falls to us which i'd be crossing my fingers because i don't even know if you will but that solidifies us on the offensive line and then in the second round you can go get a guy like uh, terrell basham defensive end out of ohio not ohio state ohio i think he's a really good player so that would because we need pass rushing we need offensive line and then we need a lot of defensive stuff so force lamp he would be he'd be a dream scenario western kentucky conference usa right bab Woo. Yeah, Forrest Lamp would be great. I think he'd take that offensive line to the next level. I really do. And for Jay Ajayi, for Ryan Tannehill, they would be smiling ear to ear. What about Marshawn Lynch? All of a sudden, Lynch is coming back. He wants to play for the Raiders, but then he's also going to express some interest to play for New England. Yeah, I think that's what the a little, hell. I think that was him just trying to garner some interest. You know how they do. Oh, yeah, everybody's interested in me. Come I mean, on Adrian Adrian Peterson's still out there, and he's not going to sign now apparently until after the draft. I don't think AP's in a rush to do anything. No. He'll just wait and see how the cards fall. Yeah, that's what, that's how it's going to play out. But Marshawn Lynch might end up with the Raiders. It looks like they're trying to work out a deal with Seattle right now because Seattle still has the rights to Marshawn Lynch, so they got to work out a deal with them. But I think it would not be – oh, and that's the other thing is Marshawn Lynch started like getting his uh, filing his paperwork for reinstatement back into the league because he retired, and now he's got to reinstate himself. And so uh, – just, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, something like that. He started filing the paperwork to get himself reinstated. So that was kind of the, the big thing to get the ball rolling of, okay, this may be a, a realistic thing. Good. Go to Oakland. I think it'd be good. I like the Raiders. Are, you mean Las they're Vegas? A good promising team. Well, I guess it's oh, still Oakland, still Oakland for Oakland now. for two years. But yes, eventually the Vegas Raiders. The Raiders. And uh, you mentioned some story about Eli or Sheila Manning. What the hell is going on with that? You call him Sheli? I call him Sheli, and I know that that's technically sexist, and I apologize. I love women. I don't think there's a job on this planet that a woman can't do, but I do call Sheli or Eli Sheli. You're just making the point that he's that he's, he's not a good. girl. He's not good. Okay. Well, yeah, he's he's under some some fire right now because the Giants. Uh, it looks like from the Washington Post. So this report comes out where basically there's like some memorabilia fraud with going on with the Giants. And specifically, Eli Manning, where they had this deal going on. Eli Manning had this deal. I don't know if it's Eli and the Giants or if it's just Eli or what, but some guy and the equipment manager named Joe Skiba, who I guess used to work for the Giants. And uh, basically, they had this deal where he would he was supposed to be giving him game-worn equipment and then, like, signing it or whatever and then selling it to fans, <laughs> auctioning it or whatever the heck it is. And uh, according to this, there was some fraud memorabilia where it wasn't actually game-worn. It wasn't the game-worn helmet. It wasn't the game-worn jersey of Eli Manning. It was just some bullcrap thing that he probably got from Dick Sporting Goods, put a signature on, and sent it away. Allegedly. That's what they're talking about. Well, Allegedly. Then, yeah. So, I mean, I think they're going through a court case and whatnot right now, but now they've found emails um, from Eli Manning's account. From a few years ago, I don't even know when this all took place. Like it was, oh, from 2010. So from Eli Manning's uh, email account, he's got some emails that read uh, two helmets that can pass as game used. That is it, Eli. So that's one email. So it's a little bit like uh, it could be taken out of context. Sounds like he should be kicked out of the league. Oh, is that what you think, Pete Rose style? And then he said, uh, let's see, less than 20 minutes later after that email was sent, Manning sent another one to his marketing agent requesting helmets, said he should be able to get them by tomorrow. Not that that really means anything. And then he said, uh, 
Okay, and then there's some other emails from two other guys who were involved with it. And they're emailing the equipment manager now who was involved with all this, the Skiba guy. And he says uh, the email is from one of the guys who used to buy equipment who was getting word of this now. It's like a slime ball. Yeah. And so they email the equipment manager. They say, hey, Joe, my buddy was offered an Eli game used helmet and jersey. Are these the BS ones Eli asked you to make up because he didn't want to give up the real stuff? And then the, and then the, the manager replied, BS ones. Yes, you are correct. So these are the emails saying, yeah, they, they, they just BS a bunch of equipment. Caught with his pants down, Mr. Yeah. Manning. No, well, actually, his brother Peyton was the one who got caught with his pants down. Oh, yeah, he remember. put his balls on a girl's face. Yeah, his taint. <laughs> That's a fun word. It is. Taint. It's funny because it didn't end up tainting his legacy or anything. And that's what I would imagine happens with Eli Manning right now. Yeah, he's over. They just, they just, no, they just brush it under the rug. No, I think the Giants should cut him. Do you? I think so. He should just retire and go to broadcast. Should retire. Maybe he can take Phil Sims' job. No. Wait, wait, wait. Tony already did that. No, but he's got to go suit up for the Knicks first. (laughs) Heck, are they closer to Brooklyn? Yeah, would he suit up for the Knicks or the Nets? No, Jay Z's gonna suit up for the Nets. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Eli's gonna suit up for the Knicks, and probably uh, Jeter will do the same. I look forward to that. Geno Smith can get everybody. Dude, Jared water. Jeter had a farewell tour. So did Kobe. You know what I'm thinking about now? I think in about a decade when Dak retires. I bet the Mavericks let him play. Well, he'll probably play because he's... Yeah, they'll, he'll they'll have let a, him play. He'll have a Super Bowl ring. And he'll go off for like 25 points, 15 rebounds, and then he's going to go take Romo's job. He was so how excited funny, for his... Oh, my God, how funny would that be? If in like 10 years when, when Dak retires and he's got like three Super Bowl rings for the Cowboys and he just goes and not only plays for the Mavericks, but he like wins them a title, and then he goes takes Romo's job. That's what Dak does. He wins, baby. He's never played a game of golf in his life, but he gets to call the golf games too. <laughs> The Masters and then with he, Dak Prescott. Yeah, he's just... And then he takes Romo's wife, and it's like... Oh, my gosh. This the whole is too thing. much. Stop it now. Stop it now. I think now's a perfect time to transition to 60 seconds of hockey with Bab. Ew. I love that theme song. That's sexy. Bab, if yes. you want to make this 60 seconds of hockey about 45 seconds of hockey, that'd be fine. Well, we're already like 30 seconds into this intro Just song, talk. so I'll make it quick. But yes, the Dallas Stars fired Lindy Ruff. So long, Lindy, and hired Ken Hitchcock. Oh, 1999 Stanley Cup title. Welcome back. Ken Hitch what? Cock. That's what I thought. But yes, Ken Hitchcock, former head coach of the same stars from 1996 to 2002. The prodigal Pillsbury Doughboy has returned to coach the stars back to NHL glory while Lindy Ruff goes and cries in Buffalo. I'm Sorry, done. Lindy. Wow, that was beautiful. That was it? All Way right. Way to get in, off, and out, Bab. You well, are Stanley incredible. Cup playoffs did start, but we can worry about that next week. I'll tell you what. Now we're only game one into the yeah, first Yeah, we don't round. need to worry about that now. Moving on. I'll tell you what, a little hockey quickie every now and then. It kind of gets your juices flowing. It does. Just so we can hear that theme. That, that theme is dope, bad. right? Just a little tease. So wet right now. That makes two of us, my friend. Let's get weird. Hell yeah. You want to get weird? 
You Let's know get it. weird. You know. Let's it. just get vaped out right now. I'm looking to get weird. That's weird, man. Pants are off. That's ready to get weird tonight or what? Don't say weird shit. There goes the shirt. Time to get weird with Walt Jump, baby. Let's get weird. 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 Today's edition of Let's Get Weird with Wolchuk. Uh, what you got, baby? Women or woman? I did this uh, the other story too, and I did a, a woman, a woman. Is it plural? It's a woman. It's a woman. It's a one singular. One man. One vagina. Two boobies. Oh, one one girl. Mm-hmm. Female. Female now. Okay. Brings dog to furry convention, thinking it's a gathering for pets. Now, what's a do you know what a furry convention is? No, I have no idea what a furry convention is. Actually, I would think it's probably a pet show, a dog show. Yeah, well, so did this lady. A furry convention is actually like a genre fetish, if you want to say. Mm. People dress up in, like, mascot outfits, essentially, is the best way to describe it, right? And they, it turns them on, and they, like, will have sex with each other in these outfits. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so a furry is basically a mascot orgy? Just, yeah, essentially. Wow. So a woman and her Bernice Mountain Dog became the unwitting stars of a furry convention this weekend after the woman mistook the gathering as an event for pets. Oh, yes, she did. This woman, Cheryl Wazis of Monroe, Michigan, is a volunteer for Pets Pets for Vets, a nonprofit that matches therapy dogs with military veterans. Good cause. When Cheryl learned the Motor City Furry Con in Michigan was raising money for the organization... She assumed it must be a pet-themed convention. Oh, wait, so it's like a fundraiser orgy, mascot orgy? So yeah. so it's a good cause. It's a good cause. It's so practically it, a charity. It's a reasonable mistake, right? So for those unaware, here's a better definition. Furries are people who enjoy dressing up in anthropomorphic animal costumes and role-playing. That's not what Wazoos or Link, who has training a therapy dog, expected. Her son, New York media producer Kenny tweeted some incredible photos of the mix-up on Saturday. So they tweet out pictures of their dog with the people dressed up in furry outfits. It's actually pretty hilarious. Wait, are those clowns? Yeah, they look, well, they're, they're dressed up. They look like they're very colorful. There's one that's dressed this up as like insane. a furry Darth Vader. So just this is just a whole subculture, right, and that she wasn't even aware of. So, quote, she says, when we set up tables and do promos and educate the public and do outreach, I had no idea the outreach was going to be other human furry people. I guess you're never too old to learn. Wazos told the Cosmopolitan the convention's organizers had invited her to do a presentation about Pets for Vets, and that it just never became clear what a furry con was. Listen, we're just going to bang, uh, but you can go ahead and just tell us about your uh, whole Pet for Vet thing. That'd be cool. Apparently, the furries weren't offended by the dog's presence at all. They just embraced it. It was all good. Just a real interested community. Plus, the event was a big win for Pets for Vets. Motor City Furry Con raised $10,000 for the group. Oh, that is a big win. So, essentially, it won for all parties. But I know you didn't know what a furry was. I think... Corey and I might have talked about that off air after Corey's show. Well, this makes sense why I found that mascot costume in your closet that one time I came over to your place. What? That mascot. You know, you got that mascot costume in your closet. You saw that? 
You showed it to me? Whoa, 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 whoa. This has gotten way too far. Listen, man, I'm just... Is that why you haven't been back? No, that's... Maybe. Is that why we haven't had a show in 11 days? Guys, because I live a side life, okay? I told you I didn't want this crap being brought up on the podcast. We're here now, bro. Remember, this is a safe space for your flurries. Not anymore. I'm offended. When was the last flurry you went to? Can we talk about furry it? Furry or flurry? Furry. Why is oh, it always got to come flurry. up to flurries, huh? I thought it was like McFlurry. Why is it always got to be McDonald's? Yeah, too? I was Yeah, I was about to... I was asking you about your McFlurry there. Sorry. I have never done a furry deal. There Since. was an, op- an episode of Entourage, though. Did you ever watch Entourage? No, I watched uh, the movie, though. Oh, the movie? Did you like the movie? Yeah. You should, thought it was dude, hilarious. you should watch the show. The show I need is to watch freaking the show. awesome. What is it on Netflix? HBO Go. H- oh, okay, I can do that. HBO Go. I can pull that off. Yeah, dude. They're like twenty-minute episodes, watch, bro. Don't even get me started. HBO. Do you have it? So you have HBO. I have HBO. Okay. Did you watch Little Big Lies or uh, Big Little Lies? I don't think I did. Okay. Well, it's on. It just the first season just finished. It's got like a uh, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole oh, Kidman, I know your what you're girl. Talking about. Yeah. Bro, watch it. It's it's phenomenal. We also talked about the thirty for thirties at the end of last show. Speaking of, uh, I actually just watched one before I came Which up one? here. The John Calipari. I don't know if it was brand new. It might have been brand new. Ooh, it might have been brand new because I haven't seen it. Man, I'll tell you what. It was good. Was it? They're they, all they, good. They just, oh, yeah, they do a great they're job all with good. those. They're doing a Francesa. They're doing a uh, Mike and the Mad Dog one. a Francesa. One. Well, they're doing a Mike and the Mad Dog kind of uh, I mean, documentary, which I, cool. I'm looking forward to that. Just to, it'll be fun. It's not my kind of guy. They always do a good job with it, but the Calipari one was really good. I bet it was cool. No, the, the other thing that I watched, the other uh, Netflix 13 Reasons Why. Yes, you talked about this the last show. I've been meaning to put it on. Bro. And I just have, I've been so busy lately. Next week, oh man, again, these lacrosse games, dude, I've got like a lacrosse game every night, it seems. And then if I don't, I'm working a Rangers game or I'm working an overnight. I'm maybe starting, Monday. Maybe Monday I'll have I'm time. starting to get the feeling that your lacrosse games is just code word for your furry uh, deals. For your furry actions. You caught me. Wow. You caught me, baby. No surprise. But I watched the Catholics versus convicts 30 for 30. Yeah, yeah, you did. About your Miami, the U. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. That rivalry between Notre Dame and Miami, I kind of wish they still did. Yeah, well, I mean, they they played... Uh, they played Like two years ago, right? Well, they played in a bowl game, and then I think we had... Uh, I think we played them in the... Wow, I can't even remember if we put them in the they regular season They didn't play for year. about 10 years, though. Yeah, the, yeah they, they took they, a huge they, they break, stopped. but they just recently started kind of rekindling it but notre dame is neither school is what they once were yeah it's true so it's just it's not the same but man those were some special times those were some special teams going at it and the u part one and two i those are two of my favorites i mean those miami teams were just insane yeah that was it was amazing man it doesn't get any better than that that's what started all of the all of the hatred towards celebrating and dancing and Loudmouth arrogance Dude, and dominance. They telling you they were literally telling you they were gonna beat oh, your yeah. ace, oh, yeah. and then they did it, and then they told you how they did it after the fact. And you watch the thirty for thirty, and it's like, how in the world did the part two team not play in that national championship game against Oklahoma when they beat Florida State, but Florida State still ended up getting in, and then they lost Oklahoma. That Miami team would have beaten the crap out of the Sooners in that national championship game. And Bob Stoops probably wouldn't be at OU anymore. Think of the ripple effect that that would have had. Crazy ripples, man. Nuts. Ripples all over the place. Nuts. Ripples on ripples on ripples. Did you watch the XFL 30 for 30 yet? 
No. That one's good. No, I did not. That one's good. These I've been 30 meaning to. just dope, man. They're all good. Yeah, they're coming out with tons of them. They're about to do a, uh, I saw watching the Calipari one tonight. They were promoting one that's going to come out in like June or something like that. It's a two-part documentary that is about the Celtics and Showtime Lakers kind of rivalry back one. in the day. That'll yeah, be so that'll fun. be awesome. I never saw the Bad Boy Pistons one. I've heard good things. Yeah, that one was really good. Bad Boy Pistons. I mean, really, like like we've said, they're all phenomenal. So, yay, 30 for 30, doing good things. Now, it's the best thing ESPN does. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's the best thing and ESPN like a, does. And like Kennedy and I talked about it when he was on that Hoop Dreams movie. It's also, I think, on Netflix, possibly. Oh, yeah, I've been meaning to watch Check that. Check that out, dude. It's good. It's like 30 for 30 before they even were a thing. It's awesome. It's really good. It's a great watch. Uh, speaking of basketball, the NBA playoffs are about to get started. I don't even know the st- how the standings finish. I don't know the matchups. That shows how much I've really paid attention. I know Cleveland's been slumping a little. Yeah. And people are like, oh, should we be worried? I'm not worried. Until they get down in a series, I don't think Cleveland's got anything to worry about. Because I don't think Bron Bron really turns it on until it's playoff time. Yeah, there's just a different level of intensity that happens in the playoffs. And the East is so freaking weak. It's terrible. Boston, maybe. Eh. Toronto, eh. Well, Boston's got the number one seed, but they're 53-29. and 29. Yeah, the thing is, is the East is kind of what it's been for the last, well, for really the last decade, the which Rockets, is just not very good. Yeah, the Rockets, who are the three seed in the West, they'd be the top seed in the East if they were in it. Yeah, well, it's just because really all the best players, it's just LeBron in the East, and then it's like, okay, you have Isaiah Thomas, and you have John Wall, and you have Kyrie Irving. I like Washington. I think Washington's got a good backcourt, but they're not going to beat Cleveland. It's just, yeah, LeBron's the Trump ball. It has nothing to do with the fact that I think Cleveland is just phenomenal, but it's just, listen, man, you have LeBron, and they don't, and in a seven-game series, that's really what matters. And not only do you have LeBron, but you have Kyrie Irving, and you have Kevin Love. So what are the matchups in the East? You've got Boston against two. Boston against Chicago. Okay. Bulls snuck in there over Miami. Cle- oh, uh, no, yeah, man. they barely barely snuck Heart in. Heartbreaking. Well, that's the thing with Boston too. Like I could I could see Chicago beating Boston in a seven game series. Yeah, like, you know, it's just that's what you it never is. know. Uh, you got Boston, Chicago, Cleveland, Indiana. Oh, they'll sweep Indiana. Yeah, they'll murder Indiana. Toronto, Milwaukee. That's a pretty good series. Yeah, and then Washington, Atlanta. Washington should. Well, that's also a decent. Atlanta's had some. Oh, success winning in the first round. Yeah, it's Paul Millsap. They're going to lose that series, though. Uh, let's see. Milwaukee. And who's Milwaukee playing? Toronto. Toronto. That's, that's a actually, fun one. That's pretty fun. That's really the only one that I think could be competitive right now. Maybe Chicago and in, in Boston, like you said. Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I just know, know, Jimmy man. Butler? No? Yeah. I, but, the Bulls are just not it hasn't a good gelled. Team. It yeah. just hasn't. I, dude, I was shocked that Miami didn't get in. I heard a stat they were like thirty three and eighteen or something since January. Or yeah, they well, had an unbelievable record the last couple months of the year. The Miami Heat started out eleven and thirty. Mm, that'll do it. And then they finished the season thirty and eleven. Mm, thirty and eleven. That's what it was. So they they finished the season forty one and forty one, and they miss. What the, the hell happened? What what was going on in the first half of the season? Well, they had uh, they suffered quite a few injuries, to be honest with you, and they had a lot of new pieces, so they were trying to figure everything out. And then, so the future's bright for next year. They're still being the well, draft no, lottery. Well, no, because uh, we got the fourteen. Uh, we're probably gonna end up with the fourteenth pick, and you know how the lottery works. Maybe we end up with like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, but it's probably gonna be the fourteenth pick. They say in this this freaking college draft right that aren't they saying that it's like eight nine deep of really nine deep good players good and, then the, and then there's a drop off yeah so we're gonna get that kind of second tier 
of the first round. So more than likely, maybe somebody slides. Who knows? But yeah, I'm not really banking on anything incredible. Really, the almost depending on how you look at it, it's like the worst thing happened for the Heat because they missed the playoffs, and they also didn't get the guaranteed like top five or top ten pick. So it kind of sucks that way. Mediocre. Most of the guys on their rosters, a lot of the guys like James Johnson, a lot of these guys that were really good, Wayne Ellington, they're on one year deals. Mm. So who knows what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen with the Heat, but it is heartbreaking. Yeah, that's tough. I still don't think there's any doubt Cleveland makes it out of the East. In the West, free for all. Well, you obviously got your top heavy teams. You got Golden State and KD's back. It's still a bloodbath. Yeah, you got Golden State against Portland. Ooh, yeah, probably winning five. San Antonio against Memphis. Well, Memphis gives San Antonio trouble historically, and they haven't been looking too good the end half the year. Then you have what I think is the first round series of the entire NBA: Houston and Oklahoma City. Yes, that's a good one. I think Houston should win that. Harden and, versus Westbrook. Yeah. Is that a battle of the MVPs? I mean, yes. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And then you got uh, the Clippers and the Jazz. Yeah, man, the Clippers every year just. Hey, Utah was Kennedy's fun team. We tried to get Kennedy on tonight to talk about this. He's Driving to Houston, maybe we'll get to chat with him next week. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's they should be some fun series. But dude, Golden State's going to come out of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. It 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 definitely feels like it's going to be Golden State. And even though Cleveland's not played well, you still just are going to pick LeBron James. That's the way it goes. So I don't know. I would be surprised if we saw anything other than the Warriors and the Cavs. But you know how injuries. You and never the playoffs, know. The playoffs are a long. It's a long thing. These teams can get hot and cold, yeah, but it's and you just, just like, never know. I don't see Golden State getting upset. I don't see Cleveland getting upset. I could see Memphis maybe upsetting San Antonio. I could see maybe OKC upsetting Houston. I don't think I think Houston will win that series. The thing about basketball is since it's seven game series, usually the best team wins. Yeah. It's not like football. You get a one game sample and any team can win on any given day. Yeah, like the Packers being the Cowboys. Fact know? of the matter is, if you got Clay Thompson, you got Steph Curry, you got Draymond Green, and you got Kevin freaking Durant. You're probably going to win four out of seven. Yep, true. You got LeBron James. You're probably going to win four out of seven. So that's the way it's going to go. What about these superstars? The story that's come out, like CP3 and LeBron, and I think there was one other name mentioned that don't like Steph Curry. Yeah, it, it's a weird. What the hell's going on with that? Well, it's funny because they they used to be kind of buddy buddy back in the day. LeBron was actually uh, was kind of a big brother a little bit to Steph Curry. He would go watch him play when he was at Davidson. Uh, he uh, Curry was a member or, or uh, attended one of LeBron's camps where uh, Chris Paul was also one of the coaches at the camp. So it's like early in Steph's career, they were in support of him, in support of him. And then you know how it went with Curry. It was like he's in the league for Overnight seven years. Sensation. It's pretty good. And then out of nowhere, exactly, he just became the it thing and for a while took LeBron's number one status in just terms of fame around the league. Jersey sales. What are, what's everybody talking about? And then he wins the championship and the MVP. So all the accolades overnight, he steals it from LeBron and all these other players. Chris Paul. Chris Paul's the point guard. Chris Paul used to dominate Steph Curry. Overnight, Steph Curry's dominating Chris Paul. Steph Curry's winning championships and he's MVP point guard. Chris Paul's like, damn, I was supposed to be that. And it all happens overnight. And now these guys, it seems to me like it's just a jealousy factor, really. Right? I can't. I can't think of anything else as to what it would be so it's so these guys are just kind of jealous and i can understand i mean is it a situation where like you said they supported steph and then all of a sudden steph got big and he hasn't really shown love back maybe he's they feel like he's two-timed them a little bit see and from their perspective maybe i mean from our perspective who knows steph and for me steph comes across as humble but some people don't like 
some people don't like him. Some people think he come across as I'm better than you. Do you feel that? Do you feel that way? Steph no. comes across as just I'm better I than you. I think Steph's like a likable guy. I think we all feel like Steph Curry is that dude that shouldn't be as good as he is, but he is that good. See, I That's feel like the one exact of our same. friends. You know I what I mean? I feel the same way. I think there's a lot of people that feel opposite. And I don't know why that is, but they do. And LeBron and Chris Paul, who knows if, if they were rubbed the wrong way by him in some way, rightfully or not. I don't know. But it, it seems like it's just kind of a uh, it's a jealousy thing. And they, they, they kind of want you to earn your keep. They want you to go to the playoffs like they had to and earn it. Losing the first round, losing the second round, losing the finals, losing the West finals, this, that. And then earn the championship. Like everybody is supposed to quote unquote have to do. Like everyone has a different path. The fact that he went to the finals and won it his first time, he's faced adversity last year where they break the record for the most wins. They lose, they lose a three one lead. Right? I mean, hey, is that not paying your dues a little bit? If he gets back there and wins it this year, you win two out of three, you lose one. I mean, look, I think that's all a lot of crap. No, I I agree with you, especially since even though it was an overnight celebrity thing for Steph Curry. He was still in the league for seven or eight years before it happened. And second off, or, or like five or six years. We don't know that the story's even true. You know, I mean, it brought, maybe it is, but we don't know that what's true and what's not true. Here we are spreading more lies and rumors. That's what we do on those bleed seats, right? Yes, reckless. We love it. We love it. That's our thing. It's our thing, bruh. Damn. What are you looking at? Well, I wanted to try and see if we could get this uh, Dana White video to play. Dana White came out and just... Didn't he just call people out? Dude, he called out Bob Arum and Floyd's like uncle or something. He was bleep you and everybody, wasn't he? Dude, he just... You can try and YouTube it or something, Bab. It's, it's, it's going to be along the same title. Uh, yeah, no, essentially, after UFC 210 in which Anthony Rumble Johnson defeated or lost and retired, but he lost to Daniel Cormier in the light heavyweight championship fight and then retired. I mean, this is the number one ranked light heavyweight in the world. He's 33 years old, prime of his career. And he just said, I'm done. 33 does not sound like prime. And fighting it is really. Yeah, dude. When you've got in your late thirties, you've got a lot of the champions are. Did he go out on top? Did he win? No, he lost in the, in the championship fight. Oh, he lost in the championship fight. So he went out with a loss. Went out Did loss. he make a lot of money fighting over the years, you assume? I'm sure that he made a decent purse for his last maybe three fights or so. We talking coach purse or are we talking knockoff? We're talking uh, middle of the road. Maybe like not quite coach, but like that second tier. Yeah, I don't know what that I is. I don't know how much money he made, honestly. He was not an A-list superstar in the UFC. He was a, a, a fun watch, but he was on a lot of those like Fight nights on Fox. You know, he wasn't on a ton of pay-per-view cards unless he was fighting Daniel Cormier. He fought him twice for the championship. Otherwise, he was fighting like Glover Teixeira on a UFC fight night kind of deal. You got the video? See what Dana White had to say. And, and of course, it's in regards to Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. And any excuse I can get to bring Conor McGregor up to end the show, you know my ass is going to do it. But you even know, I think you heard it because I posted it on Twitter, what Dana said was funny. Well, your ass is going to do it and your chub's going to do it. Both are doing it, baby. Ass out. Chub. Up. Sure. All right, let's hear it. Dana White, after UFC 210, talking Connor and Floyd. This is the chunk I pulled is him jumping on a reporter. Okay. For uh, 
We'll see how this goes. We'll, we'll see this if it's is, what I'm this thinking is of. This is 10 minutes of stuff, yeah. So. Oh, well, have you... Do you want more time? Well, I'm not exactly sure what I'm targeting no, to pull no, no, here. No, no, Yeah, that's tough. There was supposed to be just like a 55-second yeah, clip. Yeah, it's like a minute and 22 seconds. Somebody. No. But well, if it's 10 minutes, I want nothing to do with it. Yeah. Well, let's just say I'm jumping on a reporter if you still want to listen to that. Okay, let's hear, and we can maybe forward. As long it. as he's yeah. bleep you and somebody. Well, yeah, he's bleep you and somebody this live. Is September still possible? What I would like to clarify is all the bullshit. Perfect. This is it. About the 80 fucking 20 split. Jeff Mayweather, come on, Jeff. Me and Jeff go way back. Jeff, are you, are you the spokesman now for, for fucking Team Mayweather? And Bob Arum, you piece of shit, fuck you too. What do they know about this fight? You know what they know about this fight? Nothing. Okay? Um, believe me, we have had preliminary talks with Connor, and I'm in a good place with Connor, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna meet in New York when, uh, when he has his baby. There we go. When he has his baby. And he's going to have his baby. And I talked about this. Look, June ain't happening. September <laughs> is possible. God, I just love but I love Dana saying just like, fuck Bob Arum, right? I love he's just like calling out some guy, Jeff. Yeah, I, I, I can't deny him this fight. Is September still possible? What I would like to clarify is all the bullshit about the 80 fucking 20 split. <laughs> bleep you, Jeff. And who the hell is Jeff Mayweather? You're a piece of bleep. I guess Jeff Mayweather was also a boxer. Maybe he's one of the trainers of the Mayweather team. He's one of his cousins. I think Mayweather's got a thousand. Oh, cousins. the Mayweathers are just—they're like the Giafalos, man. They're growing on trees. Yeah, where they just keep pumping those things out. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Oh man, but we're getting there. We are getting there. This fight is gonna happen. Negotiations are inch taking place. Inch by inch, man. Inch by inch. I'll tell you what—that that excites me though. I like seeing Dana White get fired up. I do too. And when you're a billionaire and you're Dana White, you can get away with saying shit like that. Isn't that amazing? It's like if if like somebody. If an owner of an NFL team or like a head coach of an NFL team just went off and did that, it would just be a total bleep show. And then, but but for UFC or for boxing or something like that, it just it's doesn't great matter. For fighting because at the it's end amazing. of the day, it's just like oh, it's a promotion. Yeah, that's what they got to you know? do. It's a promotion. It's drawing interest. It's making people want to purchase this fight. And I'll tell you, there's not a whole lot of pay per views out there that I'm willing to buy if it doesn't have Conor McGregor's name on it or John Jones versus Daniel Cormier. Otherwise, I'm kind of like, eh. I am going to UFC 211 in Dallas on May 13th, and that's going to be a freaking awesome card. It's going to be a fun night. And you're sitting in the nosebleeds, aren't you? I'm sitting in the nosebleed seats, and hopefully Kyle Yeomans, and I know, Kyle, you're going to listen to this, so I'm going to put you on the spot. I want that freaking logo ready to rock so I can attempt to make a shirt and rep it at the American Airlines Center and maybe attempt to get us a little bit more promotion. Some actually owned baby. Oh, no sweet seats podcast Dude, in the house. You're gonna pick up so many chicks in that shirt, bro. Dude, you think I'm not? You're not coming. Like I invited you to come so I can maybe have a chance to pick up chicks, and I you rejected me, dude. You hate me. I can't even afford the nosebleed seats, bro. Like, imagine that. Imagine that. I'm telling you, something could have been worked out. Bottom line is, I can't wait to see you up there. You're going to have to flash. You got to flash the titties at least once, but I can't wait to see you repping that the nosebleed pepperoni shirt. pepperoni nipples? Pepperoni nipples, baby. Right. Bring some sauce. I'll, right. br- I'll bring the cheese. You bring the sauce. The sauce mouse. Man, that's going to be dope. Yeah, dude. I'm excited for it. Hopefully, there's not a lacrosse game that night. That's like my worst nightmare right now. There's a lacrosse game. It's a playoff game, and I'm going to have to probably say, guys, I'm sorry, but... What I'm making from the lacrosse game is not even half as much as I paid to go to this UFC fight. So, <laughs> I'm going to go to the UFC fights. 
Oh, man. So they're paying you the big bucks over there. No. No, no, no. They're paying. I'm happy for you. Yeah, exactly. I'm no, not freaking I'm rolling in the dough, baby. It's about time, man. You Woo! earned it. I'm trying. Can't wait to go party with you. I know. John John actually hit me up. He's working on uh, Saturday. He was like, yeah, let me know if you want to come out to the I'm not place. raging. I'm not raging before Easter Sunday. I can't do it's it. It's fine. We'll reschedule. I told him. I don't think it's like I'll probably be busy anyway, I think, on Saturday. I'm definitely due for a ragey daisy once, uh, definitely once uh, school gets We'll make it out. happen. Oh, yeah. That's coming up soon for you. That's coming up soon. Come I mean, NFL, circle, draft, huh? NFL draft weekend may have to have a little drink a drink. You should come out with me. I'm actually, I think, going to go to my buddy's. Uh, who I watch the or try and watch the draft with every year. Oh, see, I have like a similar. Oh, you do a thing. I have a similar thing. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But I would. I was actually thinking about maybe popping the question to you guys oh. if you wanted to kind of maybe join, maybe join my draft party. But you can think about it. I know it's a Ooh. serious thing. You got to. <laughs> yeah, like we'll figure it out. Get with your family and talk it over. Got to make make plans, make love. I just want to extend the offer to you. I've already met with my people. And okay. We've come to agreement that I can extend you the offer. Oh. So, but it's only going to be here for so long. I can't just leave this okay, off on the table. Okay. Okay. All right. But I'm going to give you some time. Is there anything else I should know about this? Bring your weird pants, baby. Weird. Bring your weird pants. Is this like family or friends or both? Well, yeah, it's 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 both, but friends. With benefits or what? Oh, what? yes, obviously. Is that even a question? Too many questions? Am it's I redundant being too explicit here? Yes. Okay, no. I'm sorry. Maybe. I'm sorry. You got anything else you want to throw out there? No, I just can't wait. I mean, we're partying into the weekend, basically, because it's officially Friday. NBA playoffs start Saturday. We are less than two weeks away from the NFL draft. It's a good time to be alive. I am sprouting at the waist. Deflowered? I am just, I cannot wait. Honeysuckle. So, it's a lot of fun. And we are one day closer to the baseball season being over. Yes, we which are. Which is beautiful. Yes, we are. So, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's a good time. It's, it's a, good, a time. good time to be alive. Fab, anything? No? Bab can't wait to go home and throw up. Well, Bab, can, you are so sick. Could right I at now. least get the outro music? It's on? funny because it's funny because like, what Bab, the hell? Dude? Bab literally has the flu right now, and Walchick still looks like the one that looks like hell. I usually do. Mm. Not the best looking guy in the world, but no, yet no, I'm no, also sexy as hell. It's amazing how you do that. It's nuts. It's freaking nuts, dude. That's no, what happens it's when not you're the South nuts. African Jew, baby. It's not the nuts. I do have big ones though. It's the nip. It's the nipples. It's the nipples. All right. Thank you for tuning in to Nosebleed Seats, episode... Whoa, what? Nothing. I'll wait. Okay. Episode number 10. Uh, it's a big one for us. We're hitting the double-digit mark. We'll be back next week. We're not sure the day yet, but Thanks stay to tuned. Thanks to Keep your stuff ready to rock. Hit us up on iTunes Podcast. Subscribe. We will All be here, though. You can depend on us. They will load automatically if you subscribe. Hit up our Facebook page, Nosebleed Seats Podcast. I know some of you are because I get notifications when i get new views there's been a view every day at least love it keep hitting us up nosebleed seats podcast spread the word tell your friends i like to think we're doing something pleasantly okay in your ears if not let us know so we can fix it baby i love you guys hugs and hand pounds everybody come poised you caught me wow